Afgelopen winter word ik midden in de nacht wakker van een appje. On my way to Holland, staat er. Het is Tijani Babangida. Ik probeer hem dan al een tijdje te pakken te krijgen voor een podcast. Maar een ontmoeting in persoon is best moeilijk op te zetten... omdat Tijani tegenwoordig in Nigeria woont... en ik niet genoeg budget heb om die kant op te vliegen. Maar dan is daar opeens het appje van Baba. Hij komt naar Nederland voor een bezoekje. Mijn naam is Sam Verraalte en welkom in de wereld van Five Sports. Bamangida was in de jaren 90 en 0 een geweldige voetballer om naar te kijken. Een hele, hele snelle buitenspeler. In Nederland speelde hij voor VV Venlo, Rode JC, Ajax en Vitesse. Ik wil vooral van hem weten hoe het was om als tiener vanuit Nigeria opeens naar Limburg te verhuizen. Hoe hij nu terugkijkt op zijn jaren bij Ajax onder Louis van Gaal. En wat er precies met hem is gebeurd sinds hij uit Nederland is vertrokken. Zo sta ik twee dagen na het appje van Babagida in de Van der Valk in Oostzaan, voor de deur van hotelkamer 31. Als ik aanklop, blijft het even stil. Ik klop nog een keer en begin te twijfelen of ik wel de goede kamer heb. Dan hoor ik wat geschuifel, gaat de deur open en staat Babagida opeens glimlachend voor mijn neus. Hij draagt een gestreepte trui en een petje en geeft me een hand. We gaan aan een tafeltje in de hotelkamer zitten en besluiten het interview in het Engels te doen, omdat Babagida zich daar wat beter verstaanbaar in kan maken. Bamangida kwam als tiener voor het eerst naar Nederland, op trainingskamp met Jong Nigeria. Daar werd hij gescout door Rodi SC, dat hem contracteerde en meteen verhuurde aan VVV. Op het moment dat ik het woord Venlo laat vallen, begint Bamangida vol zelfvertrouwen te vertellen. Tijani Bamangida als tiener in Venlo. Daar wil ik zijn verhaal oppakken. Ik kwam in dat seizoen met full full babangida you know I want to show the whole world I want to show Holland who I am and and really that was my season yeah and I become one of the best player in Velo and we win almost every game and we come back to the Eredivisie Let, let's go back a little bit to when you first came to Venlo it's a totally different world than living in Nigeria I imagine going from Nigeria to Venlo yes that is one good question really you bring me back Um, for a younger boy of 16 years, not even 17, a very, very young, um, I've been, I, I've been grown up uh, in a big city, very big, heavy city, and I find myself in Velo, and uh, at that time I looked like I'm the only black in Velo. <laughs> uh, they were very accommodative to me, very, very accommodative. And uh, I find it very difficult because uh, the European life is completely different than our life in Africa, really. Mm. Uh, you find out that uh, at the end of every training, everybody is back to his family. Mm. And then you find yourself alone. Even sometime they did bring me to go with them, but that is not my life. I, I miss a lot of things. I made the food, I miss my friends, and I was having really difficulties. But I always fight with myself because I have a reason of coming to Europe. So I didn't let that go into me very much. And I, sometimes you can even cry in the room, but, uh, but as a young boy, of course. But, uh, but I just put myself to be, to, to reach my goal, and which that helps me a lot. So a very difficult situation at that time. Did you have contact with uh, your family at home in Nigeria? 
Yes, at that time I have to talk with VVV and they asked me, okay, and I was making phone calls, some phone calls, some phone calls. At that time there was no much mobile phones. <laughs> I make a lot of calls through the hotel line home. And uh, that's what keeps me really more, more, more at home, more closer to my family as well. So you were staying at a hotel as well? I was staying in the hotel for almost six months or five months before I got my own house, very close to Stadium The Cool. And I was uh, using a bike at that time. I was young, I never drive. And I was using a bike from my apartment to the stadium. Hmm. Very interesting. So there you were, 17, 18 years old, 17, riding your 18. bike to the stadium in Venlo. Yes, until we become the champion, I'm always riding a spoutamut, you call it. Uh, the bike with the with the engine, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sparta mode, what they call it? I don't know how they call it, but uh, but I was using it really. <laughs> how cool! Yes. Yeah, a, mo- a small motorbike, motorbike, yeah. yes. But the bike, motorbike, bike is it's a bicycle. But yeah, they have yeah. a, a machine in it. Ah, okay, I understand now. Yeah. Yes, yeah, uh-huh. it's a bicycle. <laughs> so, um, were there teammates or people at the club who kind of took you out for dinner or? Yes, you see, you, you see, by VV, they tried to make me feel at home. I remember when I first came to VVV, I met the coach and he asked up my name. I tell him, Tijani Babangida. He said, Babangida is very, very too far, too too long. <laughs> If you don't mind, we're going to call you Baba. <laughs> I tell him, okay. And that's Hank Raya. It was Hank Raya that uh, started calling me Baba at that time. And, and it follows me. And at the end of uh, every training or maybe at weekend when we are free, mm. I remember I can always go to some of the players' home. Like Maurice Graf, I was in his home all the time. Mm. Like uh, another another player, uh, Peter Valindas, mm. I was always in his house at that time. They always accommodate me. Mm. And so on the free day, they always take me to their place. We went out to eat and all this trying to bring me closer to them. Ah, that's nice. Yes, by VVV, they did a lot of work in my head, really. Yeah. And what were the cultural differences that were most uh, uh, obvious to you? Uh, apart from maybe the weather and the food? A lot of things, really. A lot of things. Because uh, the life in Africa is completely different with the life you have down here. The life in Africa, you have all your family around. You don't stay home. You go from this house to that house. This one comes. You visit your family. You visit your friends. And you find out that in Holland, at the end of the day, you find yourself only in your house with nobody except you call before you go, <laughs> which we don't call when we are going. So there are a lot of differences, really, you find here than in Africa, which will take you a very long time for you to cope with. So ex- exactly. So in the Netherlands, you call somebody before you go over and you were not used to that. No, I'm not used. In Africa, you can just bump into my house. I'm about to eat food. Already is enough for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> in Holland, if you don't call me, if I'm going to eat, when you come, you toss, they give you a coffee. Please, we are going to eat. We don't know you are coming. So. <laughs> so in Holland, they'll give you a tea to sit there and they have their food here. So you have to tell them at least when you are coming for dinner, then they will make your food. But in Africa, you can always jump into a house. And when they are eating, they always have something for you to eat. So all these kind of things are, are, are different, you know. Yeah. And, and it's okay. I get used to it. Voetballend vindt Bamangida al helemaal snel zijn draai in Nederland. Met 16 doelpunten helpt hij VV Venlo terug naar de eredivisie. 
Rode C maakt dan een eind aan zijn huurperiode en geeft hem de kans in het eerste elftal. In die jaren is Rode C een subtopper in de eredivisie met Huub Stevens als hoofdtrainer en spelers als Gerzende, Barry van Galen en Maurice Graaf. De club speelt dan zelfs jarenlang Europees voetbal. En Babangida die gaat er rustig verder met zijn opmars door Nederland. Mijn um, eerste seizoen was oké. Okay. De uh, second jaar I did I think much much better. While my third year was was a bomb. And we I also remember the Ajax come to Kerkrade. At that time they are unbeaten in Europa, in the world. And we are the first team that beat Ajax in, in uh, Kalhaida. And I was the one who scored van de Sa at that time. A very beautiful goal. So I'm always a threat to Ajax when they come to Kerkrade. You scored your first European goal for Rodiese, right? Can you remember and can you tell how that happened? Yes, uh, we are playing against, uh, I think, Olympic Ljubljana. And uh, I was playing very good in that match. I have a player who is always following me left and right. Until when I come into the middle of the field and kind of a counter. Because they are goal down and I faked him. I let the ball rolling and from like... Uh, 20, 22 meters away and I shoot really hard but technique shoot I remember the technique shoot really I technically shoot it just like giving a long pass but just passing to the keeper but hard one and it hit the pole and go into the net it's very beautiful I remember that goal De naam Maurice Graaf is nu al een paar keer gevallen hij ontfermde zich over Babangida bij VVV en ging later tegelijk met hem naar Rode JC. Om erachter te komen hoe Graaf die tijd herinnert, bel ik hem op. En ik nam hem uh, ook vaker mee naar huis en dan bleef hij uh, bij, uh, bij mij slapen. Maar dan lag hij dus gewoon verwarming aan, joggingpak aan, sokken aan, vier dekens op. En het enige wat hij zei is, koud aan mous. <laughs> Wat was hij voor persoon ook in zo'n selectie op, uh, in, van VVV Venlo? Uh, ja, heel vrolijk. Uh, 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 aanwezig, maar niet overdreven. Uh, maar uh, ja, echt een gigantische eye-factor. Echt zo'n ventje wat je graag constant over de bol uh, wil strijken. Ik heb hem ik heb bij Roda dus ook meegemaakt. Zelfs Huub Stevens, als Baba een keer te laat terug was uit Nigeria... Dan vloog Huub uit, maar binnen vijf seconden was hij veranderd in de lak op zijn gezicht. En moest hij zich omdraaien. <lacht> dat was wel grappig om te zien. Ja, dat, dat, dat bereikte hij. Ja, als je dat bij Huub stevens bereikt, dan, dan kun je dat bij iedereen. 
Hey, en uh, uh, je zei al, uh, uh, Huub Stevens, uh, natuurlijk een keiharde trainer. Um, heb je nog meer herinneringen over hoe uh, de interactie ging uh, tussen Stevens en Babangida? Nou, ik heb wel een leuke anekdote, is dat uh, uh, Baba terug was uit Nigeria. Nee, hij was hier aangehouden, zo was het. Hij had een, hij had een rijbewijs uit Nigeria, een internationaal rijbewijs, maar dan kun je daar gewoon kopen daar. Dus ze hadden hem hier aangehouden. Hij moest toch echt een echt rijbewijs gaan halen. En uh, dan was hij dus aan het lessen. En toen vroeg ik, trainer, maar papa, wij als een hele groep. Ik zeg, heeft hij dan wel een fietsbewijs? En Huub die kijkt me aan en zegt, ja, dat weet ik niet. Papa, heb jij een fietsbewijs? Ja, wat fietsbewijs, zegt hij. Ja, je hebt toch een fiets? Ja. ja. heb je dan nog een fietsbewijs? Nee. Ja, dan is ook dat straks maar bij het politiebureau gaan afhalen. Dat je fietsbewijs Dus wij werden na de training gebeld vanuit het politiebureau. Wie Papagina gestuurd had voor een fietsbewijs. <laughs> en ik denk dat dat wel een beetje opzomt hoe wij met elkaar omgingen in die tijd. Leuk. Samen met Mark Luipers hadden wij, uh, uh, waren wij... Bij Roda was ik met Luip en met uh, Baba was ik heel hecht. Ook in het veld. En als wij speelden en als we van elkaar de bal wilden, dan was dat niet uh, de naam roepen, was dat... En het, het gekke is, als wij elkaar nu een app sturen of zoiets, dan beginnen we nog steeds met mooi. Het zit nog steeds in. Zo van, hallo, even aandacht. Wat, ja. wat is het moment, uh, kan je nog herinneren, waarop je het allerhardst hebt gelachen met uh, Babangida? Sinterklaasavond bij Rode JC hadden wij uh, met, uh, met alle spelersstaf, vrouwen, medewerkers hadden we Sinterklaasavond. En op die avond gingen uh, Huub Stevens, Eddie Achterberg en Norbert Keulen de verzorger optreden als de Star Sisters. En ik weet niet of jij ooit Huub Stevens als vrouw hebt gezien. Nee. Wij dus wel. En uh, dat was legendarisch. Alleen. Het liedje was bijna afgelopen. Iedereen had, had zich al helemaal krom gelachen. Toen kwam Baba van achter naar voren. Ging hij zich goed bekijken. En hij zegt, Maus, noemde mij Maus. Dat is de trainer, zegt hij. Ik had hij niet pas in de gaten. En die, volgens mij de rest van de avond helemaal in het deuk. Ja. En wij ook. Ja, zo goed. Terug naar Babangida. Zelf noemt hij zijn laatste seizoen bij Rode JC een bom. En hij heeft best wel gelijk. Babangida scoort dan tien keer, speelt lekker en dat is ook Louis van Gaal opgevallen. Als Babangida met Nigeria in de voorbereiding zit voor de Olympische Spelen van 1996, krijgt hij opeens een telefoontje van zijn zaakwaarnemer, Ger Lagendijk. Die heeft een mededeling voor Babangida. Van Gaal wil to met me. Wow. When he tell me tomorrow, I say, I'm in the camp. He tell me, take your passport, come straight to Holland. And we're camping in Nigeria, really. And I discuss with the authority at that time. And they tell me, okay, I can go and come back the next day. I tell them, no problem. And I came in, I never forget, we were in Hilton at the Schiphol hmm. with my agent, Herr Lagendijk. And bam, come uh, in my room, Vangal, with the Ajax, uh, that time secretary from Ajax, I forget his name. They came, the two of them, and uh, 
we have an interview with Vangal and the first thing Vangal was asking me I never forget is um do you want to play for Ajax <laughs> so he want to know your interest if yes or no the moment I tell him yes I want to play for Ajax is my dream he stand up and shake me and tell me congratulations and then he tell the uh, he tell the the the, the, the secretary uh, they should complete uh, the deal they want to do since I have the interest to come to Ajax so that is that is Vangal straight to the point So it was a very short meeting. A very short to the point. You want to play Ajax? Yes, I want to play. Congratulations and I want you to work very hard. Thank you and <laughs> and we're done. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Which people at Ajax were important for you to make you feel welcome at the club? Um Bobby Hams. Uh Bobby Hams is uh, one one great guy. I think it's a great loss now he's gone. Uh, baby Bobby Hams always will will come and 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 discuss with you and talk with you and I can also remember Shaki, the material man. Mm. Shaki Shakswad. Shaki Wolves. Shaki Wolves. Sorry, hmm. Shaki Wolves. I cannot forget Shaki Wolves. They are they are wonderful people, and of course Vangal, because if you have any problem, he can be strong in the field. But Vangal is a very good man from outside. Hmm. Can you give me an example of something good about Louis van Gaal, what he did for you in that time? Um, Vangal always makes you believe in yourself. And if things are not going good with you, he always can call you and talk to you and tell you, listen, I can be in that field to play for you. If I can, I will, but I cannot. You are the one who's going to do it. You must get the confidence and it's me who you're going to play for and I trust you. Just go there and do it for me. So Vangal make me always stronger and I remember when if we lost a game and you come out uh you know your head is like you are down. He will come and stop you and hey, look at me. He like to face you in the face. Look at me. Where Ajax, if you lose, you don't bring your head down. You look somebody in the eyes. You are Ajax Amsterdam. I tell him, okay. That makes you stronger. That's that's it. And it was Van Gaal that uh, that sometime when we come to the training and we parked our car in the garage, he will stop everybody before the training. He will tell us all to come with him to the parking garage. And we will come and then he will tell everybody to check his car, how he parked his car. You find somebody park the car this way, somebody park the car that way. He tell the concentration of football always start not only in the pitch of play, but started when you already come to your working place. If you park your car very well already, you started being a good guy in the field. Hmm. So that's Vangal, and is Vangal who, when I was dating a girlfriend from Limburg at that time, she was having a birthday, and. Uh, Even me, I forget the birthday because I always do forget. And I came to the training and he was the first man who was congratulating me, telling me about congratulations. Like, about what? So your girlfriend have a birthday. I say, wow. <laughs> so so all this, all this since Bengal is, is there. So <laughs> if I get this right, he remembered the birthday of your girlfriend. Yes. But, but you forgot. Yes, in the morning. <laughs> yes, really. <laughs> he told me congratulations. I say for what? He tell me for your girlfriend. I say what my girlfriend? He tell me she had a birthday today. I say yes. 
So that's Vangal. You can see that he is even going deep down into sometimes your private life, but not talking always about everything. But at least what is more important, he can be able to, to talk to you about. Ah, that's brilliant. Yes, very brilliant what he do, yeah. really. Outside the pitch, huh? So what was your relationship with the Ajax supporters like back then? At that time, when I first came, it was very difficult. Not for me, but for the team. Because uh, many players are leaving Ajax. Some players wanted to leave Ajax, but they cannot go. So you find a lot of factions in Ajax, a lot of problems. Vangal also wants to go. So Ajax have to make a new team. Supporters are not happy because uh, they, they, they just a few months ago, they are the world champion. And now we are struggling to even stay within the five and six position. Mm. Uh, I think they do understand. They do support us. And I'm always having supporters everywhere I go. Louis van Gaal verlaat Ajax voor Barcelona in 1997, een jaar na de komst van Babangida. Ook spelers als Mark Overmars en Patrick Kluivert verlaten Ajax dan. Morten Olsen wordt aangesteld als vervanger van van Gaal. In het eerste jaar met de nieuwe trainer, 1997-1998, heeft Tijani Babangida zijn beste seizoen bij Ajax. De club pakt de dubbel en Babangida maakt 14 doelpunten en levert 7 assists. Het gaat dus best wel lekker dan. Maar dan, in de zomer van 1998, wordt het allemaal iets te veel voor Babangida. En raakt de klat erin. Yes, it was after 1998. Uh, I was um, a player with too much pressure. I always get... Uh, 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 was a heavy season. There was a Champions League. There was Africa Cup qualifier. There is World Cup qualifier. There is a league. And at the end of the league, very tired. You have to go to training camp at the same time. You have to go to the World Cup, 98. And after the World Cup 98, when I come back, I become very tired, very, very tired. My legs were so heavy. I was injured, get off. So during the World Cup, after World Cup 98, when I get injured, come back, then I was less. And at that time was Bebeto, Wombatu uh, was with Ajax hmm. and, and my form was getting down. And when I become ready to, to take over, I couldn't because Wombatu is there. So we are sharing and that what makes me less in Ajax. I have to leave. Hmm. Yes, that was it. Hmm. Was it painful? Yeah, it was painful because I was having three good seasons. I start to be half-half player, coming in, playing, coming in, playing. But at that age, I don't think that I can be good uh, uh, a substitute player. But also after the World Cup, I already extend my contract with another four more years. Mm. So then it's very difficult for me. Hmm. And I didn't want me to go at that time, yeah. except I have to be going alone. I'm coming back and I go alone and coming back. And that's how my career at that time was frustrated. Babangida zit dus met een probleem. Hij heeft net zijn contract bij Ajax met vier jaar verlengd, maar verliest zijn basisplaats. Eerst wordt hij verhuurd aan Genscher Bigli in Turkije. Daar vertrekt hij na oneenigheid over interlandverplichtingen. Via zijn zaakwaarnemer, toen nog steeds geen Lagendijk, kwam hij bij Vitesse terecht. Ronald Koeman is daar dan net bezig zijn trainerscarrière op te starten. 
Maar de samenwerking tussen Koeman en Babangida loopt al gauw in de soep. En dat heeft een bijzondere reden. Ik stay in Amsterdam. I didn't stay in Arnhem. And all the time when I was when I'm going to Arnhem, I will miscalculate. And then I will go like one and a half or two hours to Arnhem and then I will hook up in the A1 Atway, Atway, right? Then you keep on in the Atway traffic. Sometimes even going to the game very late. And that was when we part up with uh, with Vitesse and Ronald Koeman, of course. You were too late? Yes, many times. First time was 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 I was late. I, I they tell me listen, this an apartment. You can come and stay in apartment. I say no problem. At that time, at that time I was having problem with my marriage. At that time also, and I want to stay more in Amsterdam, and 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 I find that it's only forty minutes drive to Arnhem, forty five minutes or one hour to Arnhem, I can be able to go. But uh, I always find myself in the traffic, so I have to call my agent. Please call the club. I'm I'm at the traffic. It's very, it's very unusual. But uh, when you find yourself in a trouble, in a problem at that time, things can like this can happen. And that's how I didn't make it very well in Vitesse. Bamangida vertrekt dan op huurbasis naar Saudi-Arabië, waar hij samen speelt met de Braziliaanse ster Bebeto. Maar hij heeft het er al snel gezien. Als hij terugkomt bij Ajax, zit er een nieuwe trainer. Ronald Koeman. Dat ziet Babangina niet zitten. En hij besluit, na drie matige verhuurperiodes en de komst van Koeman, dat er niks anders op zit. Zo komt er definitief een einde aan zijn tijd als contractspeler van Ajax. When I'm coming to Ajax, I say, listen, let's talk Ajax. Please, I know you guys love me, I love Ajax, all my heart. But if I come back to Ajax, I'm going again for another loan. And I tell Ajax, please, can you let me go? It's very difficult for them, but they tell me, okay, Baba, we will let you. And that's how I part away with Ajax. I ask them to leave. But uh, but, uh, but at least at the end of the day, I did enjoy Ajax because I did have a good season, two good seasons in Ajax in my stay all together. And that's when you went to China, right? That's when I went to China for three years contract. Yeah. What happened there? Um, at that time, then the sickness, um, SARS, SARS came at that time. I have to run. You had to leave right away? Yes, you have to leave because China people are dying. Everything is standstill at that time. Hmm. People are walking with, uh, with nose and face. They are closing their nose, they are closing their face. And uh, everything is standstill. So everybody has to move. And if you are coming out from China... Wherever you are going, they had to put you aside and check you if you don't have SARS before they let you go into the country. And I left China for a few months, then I go back. And immediately they asked me to come to, to Changchun Yatai. The team was in the second league. Hmm. But they are paying very well, just like from the first league. And I said, listen, Baba, it's a challenge to you now. I have to take it. It's take it or leave it. I have no option, so I have to take the, the, the contract, which I did. And uh, immediately I become the best player in the team, really. I'm scoring, I'm scoring goals from back of my legs, and I was helping the team. And before you know anything, we bring the team back to the Premier League. And um, I was uh, almost finishing my career. I have a lot of experience, and I, I wouldn't get... Uh, problem staying there in China because I'm grown up I'm more than 30 years at that time and and I just enjoy myself and play 
was having uh, before the end of my third year contract i was having problem with my legs and i was coming in not always coming in 20 minutes 30 minutes and as a big player i know that next season maybe my leg is not better i was still going to be a bench player and at that time i tell to myself listen i think i seen everything in football i have got everything i got to get i got my name i get everything let me just go and throw on the towel so i left china with one year contract that they are calling me every day to come back and i tell them listen please i'm not coming back i'm done with football that's how i stop my game mm-hmm. was was that a difficult decision to make yes very difficult because if i'm looking for to get money at that time i would definitely going to stay behind i would just come and sit on the bench i don't play i don't care because i have a contract but i think it's not uh, good with my face with the name i'm having in the world and then i come into a team not even a top team in china and i'm finding myself all the time sitting in the bench and i couldn't i cannot i said i have one more year it's a lot of money but you guys can please keep the money i'm done with it mm. <laughs> bomangida ontsnapt dus aan de ziekte SARS en heeft vervolgens een paar prima voetbaljaren in China voordat hij ermee ophoudt Dan gaat hij terug naar Nigeria, waar hij jarenlang als bestuurder functioneert van verschillende voetbalclubs. Tot eind vorig jaar. In december 2018 stelt Babangida zich verkiesbaar voor het voorzitterschap van de Spelersvakbond van Nigeria. Niemand anders stelt zich verkiesbaar, dus Babangida wint simpel. Hij heeft een flinke taak als voorzitter. Een van de grote problemen in het Nigeriaans voetbal is dat voormalig profvoetballers hun geld niet goed hebben opgespaard, heel veel hebben uitgegeven en vervolgens aan lager wal raken in eigen land. Dat gebeurt wel in meer Afrikaanse landen en dit is een van de problemen die Babangida aan wil pakken. Hij geeft er zelf een voorbeeld van. I remember when I come on board just just one day after my election when I become the president. I got a report from neighboring state like 200 kilometers away from me. There was an older player. And this player have a stroke. What is stroke in Netherlands? Eh uh, uh, hersenbloeding? Yes. Yes. Yeah. He had an hersenbloeding and he's down for like five months. Hmm. All his family has get tired of him. Some of them has left him. He was staying there on his own and it needs a lot of treatment. And that's when they told me. And immediately I was about to come to Holland I cancel my travel. And I met him. When he saw me he started crying. I tell him listen now you have a father even though he's an older than me. I tell him this association is not about me, but it's about all of you and you are the sons of this association. And this association are going to take good care of you at least maximize what we can be able to do, not everything. We are not a charity home, but at least we can be able to check each and every player that play in the country which things are not going good with him. We can be able to do the help. For now, My goal is to tell the younger ones. Not all football players go to school because you started at a younger age so you finish maybe your college mm. when you are going to start doing things and you become you become big within no time. You become very popular. You get a lot of money. And all that money can come. The way money can come that's the way money can go. 
So if that money is not guided on the good part, on a good way, that money is going to fly away. And you find that at the end of the day, many, many guys are committing suicide because they don't know from where to start. So I think with this union I'm in now, we can be able to reach a lot of younger players. We can be able to find out if somebody is in the trouble. We can be able to invite him and advise him. Even if he's blood, he don't have money. We can be able to help him through this system. What is the best advice you can give someone, a young person? Uh, any young person has to be, has to get a goal, first of all. Because whatever you're going to do, you must get a goal that you are looking ahead of. A dream. I want to become something. If you don't want to become something, you cannot just start something. You can say, okay, if you are from Holland, you are playing, you are from, you started from the amateur. You can say, I want to play for Ajax. That's your dream. So you have to go for that. So you have to start from somewhere, but you have an ending story that you are going. So always, if I want to advise somebody, what do you want to become first? If you tell me, so you have a goal and you have a lot of way to go. So I want to meet you there. That is your point. <laughs> nice. How do you look back now at, at your f time when you first came to the Netherlands as a young boy? Um, a long walk. It's a very long walk. If you, if you bring your mind back at 1991 until then when you stop playing football at 2005 or until now, then you will know that you have gone a long walk and a lot of experience in between and good and bad because of this life. You never get a smooth road. Sometimes when you are in life, there is sometimes the road is smooth, very nice. There is sometimes you have, uh, you have, uh, you have turbulences and uh, that's life. So I already get used to, uh, already pass a lot, which at this moment with my present position, it will be more easy for me to be able to look back and advise the younger ones who are coming because I have seen a lot. Cool. Yes. Perfect. All right. Let's finish it up. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Als we klaar zijn met het interview, pak Papangida zijn laptop erbij. Hij is op rondreis door Europa om in gesprek te gaan met andere voetbalvakbonden. En hij moet zich voorbereiden op het volgende gesprek. We zeggen elkaar gedag en ik loop de Van der Valk uit. Vooral het beeld van een jonge Babangida op zijn snorfiets in Venlo blijft in mijn hoofd zitten. Wat had ik graag een keer zo'n ritje gemaakt met Baba. Maar hé, hey, we hebben net al zo'n mooie verhalen mogen horen, dus ik mag niks klagen. Ik wil Tijani Babangida vooral bedanken voor het ontvangst en het interview. Net als Maurice Graaf voor zijn mooie anekdotes. En natuurlijk Anne van Dag en Nacht Media voor alle hulp. Check de site van Vysports voor veel meer van dit soort verhalen en abonneer je op deze podcast voor meer afleveringen. Mijn naam is Sam van Raalte. Tot de volgende.